Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another Faith in the Outdoors podcast with Sean McVay. As you know, I am Sean McVay, but this is not Sean McVay. This is Michael Thiemann. And Hi, everybody. Michael actually went to college with me. We're going to get into a little bit of that in a little bit. Before we launch into how I know Michael and Michael's going to be sharing with us, let's begin with a prayer. And let's pray to our Father in Heaven in the name of His Son, Jesus, and through the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord God Almighty, we turn to you and we love you. We, we glorify your name. We want you to be praised and we want you to be appreciated. And we want you to be loved. And in order for that to happen, Lord, we know that we need to help inspire people to be open to your love through the workings of the Holy Spirit. So Lord, we ask for the Holy Spirit. Please uh, guide the things that Michael is going to share with us today and help those words and those examples and those stories be a witness to inspire others in their faith. And we pray all this in the mighty and powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. So, folks, um, this is Michael Thiemann, and I know Michael from Penn State. We both went to Penn State. In my third year of college at at Penn State main campus, I ended up um, volunteering to help in the RCA process, which is how I met Mike. Now, um, Mike... I would like to hear, and Mike and I talked a little bit about, you know, what he wants to share today, and I, we didn't really touch on this, but I would like to know what inspired you at that time to get involved with RCIA yeah. as a sponsor, because that's always intrigued me. I was always, I, I always knew Mike was a special guy the moment I saw him, and so um, I'm very, I'm, I, by the way, folks, this is the first time I've seen Mike in 26 years. This is a reunion tour. I, I just went to my 30-year high school reunion and was able to swing up here to Erie, Pennsylvania yeah. to be with you, Mike. Um, so this is awesome. I know we're, there's plenty of things we're going to talk about yeah, and you're going to share today, but but I always was curious. Like, So here you are. You were a sophomore. Uh, yeah, second I was, year, I was in my second year when second I Second year, you, yeah. and so what inspired you, yeah. or what co- what compelled you to help out by being a sponsor for someone who wanted to grow in their faith and and receive their sacraments yeah. and become Catholic? Yeah. So th- this is this is awesome, Sean. Like you talk, we prayed to the Holy Spirit to help yeah. guide this conversation. Yeah. It's happening as we speak. Because Praise God. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Um, I, I grew up here in my hometown where we're sitting right now. I mean, Erie, uh, Pennsylvania. Erie, Pennsylvania. That's not Erie, folks. It's Erie. It's, it's, yeah. <laughs> um, but it was a small, small yeah. city. Yeah. Um, I, I went to uh, Catholic school, kindergarten through high school. Okay. Um, my eighth grade class was uh, a graduating class of 10. Nice. Um, I jumped up in high school a little bit to where our graduating class senior year was 200. Wow. And so like that was a big jump for me, yeah. but it was nothing compared to Penn State main campus where you have like 200 people in a small class, like yeah. one class for a subject. Right. So um, I, I think for a lot of people going to college, it's very easy to feel lost. Mm. And, and I think sadly, um, a lot of people fill that void and, and, and understandably, with the wrong sort of influences, the wrong sort of pastimes, whether it's like, hey, I've got to go out and and party every weekend, or I've got to go do this, that, and the other, or I need to find a boyfriend or girlfriend to feel like I belong. And um, I didn't want to slip into that. And so it was really interesting because like right off the jump, my first day on campus, my dad got me a job at the Dining Commons, um, which is a whole other story. We won't get into that. So that kind of kept me grounded and on like a trajectory of like, Mm I'm, gonna, I'm here to study, I'm here to experience life, but I'm here to work hard. And, and it's just very easy when you're in a new setting, um, yeah. you know, surrounded by strangers, a lot of different influences to like not feel grounded. Mm. And like the first thing I was able to do, I, I think it, it was maybe like a post up in the Finley Dining Commons uh, about the Newman Association. Right. And so like the Newman Association is like, as you know, because you were part of it, the Catholic campus ministry basically at Penn State. Yeah. Um, and so I started going to the weekly masses there. Mm. Um, and then I think it was probably during one of those masses in Schwab Auditorium that holds what, a couple, like a thousand people yeah, or so. Yeah, it, it was a lot of people. Um, they talked about RCIA. And I thought to myself, I think God just called me in that moment as, as like someone who was finding my anchor yeah. um, in, a, in a new situation, in a potentially like stormy situation. Yeah. I was like, my faith is my anchor here. It's making me feel at home. It's giving me confidence. It's giving me peace. Mm. And I was really excited to know that there are other young people 
on campus looking to, to become Catholics and, and to follow mm -hmm. God and to learn more about yeah. the God who kept me grounded. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I can't say that I've always been like um, super uh, perfect in my faith, if sure. you will, but none of us are. But at that time, um, it was really my north, my, my north star, if mm. you will, like my trajectory. And I was happy to share that with other people. So that's that's how I got involved in sponsorship. Yeah. Um, that's how I met you. Yeah. I mean, like the rest of yeah, this so, is history. Yeah. So Mike and I were going to the RCI meetings, which were held weekly. And I was just coming back into my faith. So I was always amazed that, you know, here you were, this young guy who was just there without having gone. I was one of those kids you were just referring to of, of going the wrong way in a sense, yeah. like going to the parties and... Like yeah. All that stuff. The you stuff know. that almost everyone yes. was doing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and, you know, having pressures from others. But so anyhow, I, I, I admired you at the time and thought, man, this guy, this is a really special guy. So here we are. And now are. let's let's transition a little bit because there were some things on your mind. When oh, yeah. I when I proposed this podcast yep. to you, you were off. Also, you were right on board. You were like, yeah, I could I could totally see me doing that. And um and you had some creative ideas. You're like, you know, you had some ideas of what you wanted to share on the faith portion. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Like, yeah, absolutely. What are some things that, you know, as someone who's familiar with, you know, a Catholic background, you've had a journey. Yep. And and you're here at this point in, in time. So share with us, you know, some things that stand out to you in your journey that yeah. you think would maybe benefit someone else to hear. Yeah. Well, what's really awesome, Sean, is like, we've always had uh, an important friendship mm. um, but it wasn't until today like you and I catching up for the first time face to face in 26 years um, I, I didn't realize how you viewed my depth of faith and my mm. involvement and my how alive I was in my faith back mm. then um, I, I, I don't want to paint a picture like I've had like really really hard times because thankfully I have not in my right. life I haven't had as many trials mm. as many people have but as we went through college, you know, I met my wife there, Victoria. Yeah. <laughs> we had lunch today. Yeah. Um, that was a beautiful, amazing relationship that also mm. helped keep me grounded through mm. college. And then, like, um, in, in 1999, we graduated in 1998. And in 1999, we got married. Mm. Um, we have three beautiful kids. My, my oldest is 22. Yeah. Our middle is going to be 20 in December. And my youngest is nine. We took yeah. a little bit of a break. Yeah. But what I'm getting at, I'm setting the backdrop for, like, life happens yeah. so you saw me and you met me and you thought man this guy with this depth of faith yeah. and devout catholic a cradle catholic mm -hmm. i was very strong in my faith then it was definitely my guiding light god was my guide and it got me through college and it was really good but then like marriage happens and marriage is beautiful i don't yeah. want any of the viewers or listeners to get me wrong mm -hmm. marriage is beautiful but anyone who's been married knows how challenging it can be yeah. because real life is stressful yeah and if yeah. i could say this Absolutely. too i Guys, marriage is not for fun. It's it's the path of holiness. Yeah. And God wants us to become holy, and that's through the cross. And and the cross comes in marriage no matter who you are. And what I mean by that is you all, all of us, we all have junk that God needs yeah. to, to work on and sand smooth out. Smooth out. Yep. And that's what the the committed relationship of marriage is designed for that so that you're committed to that person and all the junk's going to come up yep. and now you yep. guys got to work on it together as oh, a team. Yeah. You are no longer a two but yeah. one. Yeah. And that's why marriage can be challenging is because God is trying to purify and make us holy. Yeah. And so that's what through you're describing. Through fire. Through fire. Yeah. You're, so that's what you're talking about. You're describing the path of holiness yeah, is the, what yeah, it is. The path and path of holiness and, for, and the covenant for, of marriage. Yes, yeah. for yeah. all of us. So yeah. continue. I just want yeah, to Yeah, no, it's all good. And then so like, again, with, with God at the center wanting to have a family, you mm -hmm. know, and, 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 and be fruitful and yeah. share your love yeah. with others. Um, you know, we had our children and obviously with children, as you well know, comes stress, yeah. comes challenges. And so I have, um, I guess I have sort of a shortcoming in my life of, of, um, being easily frustrated mm. you wouldn't know it now but um it was rough like when when our our boys were younger mm. they were very young they were two years apart mm. um they're really close but they also go at it a lot yeah and that was a stress on us and mm. so it's like i started to feel like this uneasiness and i wouldn't i kept going to church i didn't stop going to church i didn't mm. stop receiving the sacraments um i maybe didn't spend as much time with scripture as i should yeah but then i i got back into like 
working out, and again, this is not an indictment on working out. Working out is good, fitness is good. I started like listening to like heavy metal music a lot and really getting jacked up in the moments of working out, which I didn't know it at the time, was feeding into my frustration and my lack of patience with my family. Yeah. And, and you know, I wouldn't say that our boys were exceptionally challenging. It was just the normal challenges of parenthood, mm. but I would lose my temper so sure. easily. So like, you know, you go from Mike that Sean met to Mike who got married and is blissfully in love to Mike's a dad and he's stressed out because we're a one income family and we did it for all the right reasons. My wife is an amazing stay at home mom. She, she works part time now, but she raised all three of our kids at home with them. Mm. And I would have not traded that for the world, you know, but there was a lot of pressure as a provider on me and stuff. So I had all the excuses mm. in the world as to why I was short tempered mm. and, and, and why I, I said some things I, I regretted. Mm. Um, and, and so like, I've healed a lot since mm. then. Like my boys are adults now, they're young men now. Mm. We have a great relationship, I'm blessed by that. Thank you, Lord, for mm. the power of redemption. Mm. Yeah. Um, I can't put any specific moment on it where like I made this shift away from easily frustrated, mm. trying to live a life that was a godly life. Mm. But I would say that, um, you know, the edge started to come off more and more as my wife spoke into me. She, she spoke into my life about like, Hey, you know, I understand it's frustrating. I know it's stressful. She she's a very faithful woman. Mm. Um, you know, to me, not just me and my children, but to the Lord. Mm. And that's that. That's the complement of the cross mm. of relationship and mm. of a covenant commitment. Mm. Is like also the enrichment that mm. that brings. And so she would just kind of speak into my life, like, yeah. "Hey, I don't know if you notice, right? You, you're losing your cool a little yeah. more. Is that how you should live? I mean, is that mm. how the Lord taught us to live? Mm. God is love." Yeah. So anyways. Yeah. No, I was just thinking of Simon and Cyrene helped Jesus carry the cross. And in those moments, sometimes we get a little help. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So, we all need yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think, you know, that's what marriage and family life is. It's it's the, the crucible for holiness. And I think what you've just described is what many of us experience. You know, like, I've definitely experienced frustration as a parent. And it's... I didn't have that before being a parent. Yep. And it's God showing me, okay, Sean, it's time that you work on this part of yourself. Yep. I've worked on all these other parts of myself. And hey, they were kind of easy because it was just me. Now I have other people. And so it's even more important because I got to get this right for their sake too. Yeah. Because we love them, you know. And yeah. so um, that's what family life is. It's the... It's this path of holiness. So keep going. I just yeah. I, I just agree with you. No, it's a great want to point. Support what you're saying there. Yeah, and it's like the family life in a way. It's the Holy Spirit convicting us yeah. of the things that we need to work on. Like yeah. you said, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, but so like I, I when we were talking about this podcast, the 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 thing that kept coming into my heart from the Holy Spirit was it's never too late. It's you know, never we, we too talked late. about it. it's never too late, and we'll talk about that in the outdoor segment related to that. But in the faith segment. I had a great foundation. Mm. I'm grateful to my parents for raising me Catholic, for showing me, you know, just the message of Jesus love mm. and, and, and being um, firm on it with me, not firm in like a authoritarian, like, mm. Hey, you've got to, but like, this is just what we do. We're going yeah. to mass. Yeah. This is what we do. We're going, you know, to receive the sacraments. Yeah. Um, I'm grateful for that. They laid a good foundation. And, and so for me, I think um, fast forward, you know, past the boys growing up, jump to you know when the covid outbreak happened mm. we all as catholics changed our our worship routine so mm. to speak because of safety and so that was an interesting thing and yeah. he's referring to the the churches closing basically. many many yeah. churches yeah. And, and and organized yes. gatherings yeah. you know not being able to happen right now granted they, they didn't say hey stop being catholic right but not meeting together in person right. and having that um worship service at the the holy mass changes the dynamic of everything yeah and it left me hungry it left me like thinking like man so like this part of my faith has shifted yeah does my faith change mm -hmm. and and thankfully it didn't and, you know so like very much the opposite happened and it happened in a strange way so mm -hmm. like um an unusual way unexpected mm -hmm. um our son uh nick uh amazing young man uh has really grown in his faith in the in the last couple years but what's interesting is he he was he's gotten closer to the Lord, um, thanks to um, a very special young lady in his life, and um, her her father is a pastor uh, of a non-denominational church, and so like while we weren't able to go to the Catholic Mass, 
her church got very creative with an outdoor parking lot type of worship right. service. And I had never experienced anything like that before. And yeah. um, I also wanted to get to know her and her family more because this was right around the time where they were getting closer in their relationship and their friendship. And now, yeah. they're, now they're dating at this point, right. you know. Um, but it was just interesting because I, it, it was a setting where I'd never um, thought, you know, that I would encounter the Lord mm. because I was so used to encountering him more in our traditional mass and so we would go to those services and i would hear scripture mm -hmm. and it made me want to dig into scripture more myself so that was the first thing yeah. because what i realized now in hindsight i was taking for granted that our mass provides us with three pieces of the mm -hmm. lord's word every time actually like, four because the, sorry the for the psalms the psalms, the psalms. Yeah. thank you no thank that's you. no problem <laughs> but that's incredible so like yeah. going to that i'm like whoa i want to know more about scripture mm. and then now in hindsight again this is all hindsight after covid settled down and we were able to go back to mass and mm. worship the lord in our church mm. and our parishes um it's like what a blessing like they don't just call it the liturgy of the word for nothing right. we get the lord's word yeah. four different pieces yeah. of yeah. it every time we celebrate mass yeah. so Going, you know, not having the the blessing and the mm. privilege of gathering together in a traditional mass right. opened my eyes to like it. Here's what it did. If I had to sum it up, it, it's um, it put the ownership hmm. for me getting deeper in my mm. faith yeah. and exercising the full responsibilities mm -hmm. and therefore the privileges of my faith. Mm. It put it on my shoulders. Yeah, like I think for a while I became like a passive catholic a passive right. christian where i was like i'm going to go to mass and i'm going to receive right i'm going to receive it wasn't i love father mike schmitz i know you reference him once in a while his commentary yeah. from ascension um it wasn't until i like walked away from that one uh the, those worship experiences outside right. of of the catholic church that i was like i want to be hungry for more about my my expression of my christian tradition the yeah. catholic expression I came across Father Mike somehow. It might have even been like hearing you mention him in one of your, I don't know if you mentioned in your hunting podcast or something, or maybe in an email to mm -hmm. me. But I started listening to Father Mike and he talked about the the um, the sacrifice of the Mass. Mm. How like we're going to the Holy Mass not to just receive, like it's a no-brainer now. We mm. receive the God's Word and we receive him in the body and blood mm. of Jesus mm -hmm. in the Holy Eucharist, right. okay? So like what more could I ask for to right. receive, okay? Right. But having not gone to mass and then mass beginning again and me mm. having this deepening of faith through my own scriptural studies mm -hmm. and through like listening to the preaching of like mm -hmm. father mike and how he helps you understand our faith more yeah. it made me a more active participant mm. like during the mass yeah like i wasn't just sitting there like hoping to absorb i was there consciously giving myself to god as a sacrifice yeah and could i say something on yeah, that please. mike so i was raised Catholic and I kind of drifted away my first couple years of college mm -hmm. and when I met you is when I was coming back yep. and what I said to myself was I have taken everything for granted yeah and I have just been waiting for church to end so I could go eat dinner or whatever you know if your we mind's elsewhere anywhere. sometimes yeah. yeah yeah and so when I came back I was like you know what I'm going to actually try and I'm going to give it my best effort yeah and it was when I began to pour myself into singing the songs yep no excuses, because there's people, oh, I don't have a good voice, whatever. Nope. No excuses. When I put my whole self into singing the songs, praying the responses, I heard God so profoundly and was so filled with Amen. the Holy Spirit, I could not keep from smiling. Yeah. I would walk out of church. That's why I'm smiling this big right now. And I'm like... Because I know exactly what you're talking about. And I was about. like, it was right here the whole time, and I had no idea. Right. All that search for happiness my whole life... And it was in the mass? Are yeah. you kidding me? Yeah. Right under my nose, I never in a million years would have thought the place that I would find happiness was in the mass. Yeah. Okay, so I just want to say, like, I have a very similar experience yeah. to what you're saying. And I just, I'm, I'm saying that because there may be people out there who have listened to your journey and maybe haven't gotten to that final piece right. that you shared. Right. And come an awakening. If you I will. would encourage yeah. people who are listening to what Mike just shared, that if if you feel called by the Holy Spirit to come back to Mass, don't just go sit there. Yep. Don't be a passive movie watcher. Right, right. Give it, put yourself in. You you said all in yep. at one point. Yeah. We were talking, you're like, I, I'm all in. And that's exactly how we need to look at it. you got to give every bit of yourself. And it's when you abandon yourself completely and give yourself completely that God comes back ushering through in a profound and new way so i agree 100 um I, I sorry for 
fumbling with my phone, but I took Sorry. some notes here. Um, the one thing that came to mind as we were getting ready for this conversation is just, I didn't have the fullness of peace. Mm. I didn't have the fullness of hope and joy, like leading up to like those uh, COVID era-ish. Yeah. You know, I felt like I had my faith, but I, I felt like I was living double-minded. Yes. You, you know, uh, and so we know what the Bible says about double-mindedness, and you might even have more verses in mind, but one that always stands out to me that I always come back to that I really was set free from was Matthew six twenty four. No one can serve two masters. Yeah. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and yeah. wealth is the one translation. Yeah. The other one is mammon, which is man or the world. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like where my conflict was, was like, I know how I'm supposed to be living. I know how my heart mm -hmm. should be. But it's kind of hard to like go all in and say like, here, Lord, I'm yours. Yeah. I'm yours. Use me. And it's a process. It's not every yeah. day that I wake up and I go, thank you, Lord, for yeah. giving me rest. And, and like, let me at this day to do your will. Yeah. Like, I wish I woke up every day that way. But that's at least more so now how I try to approach life. And can I share this too? Yeah. Um, very related to what you just shared. Uh, recently, I was listening. I actually, So I drove 16 hours to Pennsylvania to my high school reunion. And I was listening to the Gospel of John audio and then Matthew. And um, he was, the, you know, the, the, the passage where the, the apostles say, teach us how to pray. So yeah. he gives them the Lord's yeah. Prayer. And then he says um, that, that little part, like, how much, how, would you give your child a stone when he asked for bread? Or right. I don't remember the give exact him a snake words. When he asked for right. a fish. So, how yeah. much more will your Father give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask? And that struck me, folks, because, and we're going to talk about hunting in a little bit. Yeah. But how many of us have been out hunting asking for the big deer? Yeah. And I was like, Lord, I have been praying incorrectly. Yeah. I should be asking for the, if I ever find myself asking for the deer again, I'm going to say, excuse me, please give me the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Lord, please give me the Holy Spirit. And it, but it's so related to what you were just sharing. And, um, you know, just, we, God wants to give us the Holy Spirit and we can't serve both God and money. What is, where's your heart at? Sometimes mine gets into hunting. Yep. And so that's, that's the, the reality check for me and helps me know, okay, I have to put it, point it back at God yep. and ask for the Holy Spirit. And it's related yep. to what you're saying about, yep. so anyhow, please continue. I just wanted to yeah, share no, a little bit of that. No, right on. And, and watch us on time if you can. I'm sure you got us under control. Yeah, I, I kind of keep you glancing. Yeah, cool. we're, we're good. Um, but where, where I was, uh, it's, it's just interesting because like I, I've encountered a lot of different things in the past few years that have really deepened my faith. Mm. Um, it, it's, it's all proof and, and evidence of the way like that God loves us. So we were talking about my father-in-law. Yes. Um, so I, I have actually his, he, he gave me, um, are you familiar with Father Larry Richards at all? Yes. Have you heard? Okay. Mm -hmm. So Father Larry is a pastor in Erie. Oh, uh, yeah. Really yeah. At St. Joseph Bread of Life yeah. Parish. Um, and what was interesting is as my, my father-in-law, Sal, he, he is with the Lord now mm. um, in, in heaven. And he passed away two years ago uh, from, from lung cancer. Mm. Um, that battle started nine years prior to that. So 11 years ago when he was diagnosed with pancre pancreatic cancer. Yeah. He was also a, a you know, cradle Catholic, so to speak. Catholic schooling his whole life. Um, knew the Lord well in his mind. Mm. You know, like intellectually, he was a very intelligent man. And he could actually quote a lot of the scripture, um, even better than me. Hmm. But w what ha happened with Sal is like he was still inclined to like worry and anxiety and frustration and everything. And so what was really interesting is like Sal was a perfect example to me. Um, he truly came to know God through the struggle of his cancer, hmm. through his initial surgery to fight pancreatic cancer, through then his subsequent struggle a few years later as he went through the process of fighting lung cancer. But um, so a couple of things related to it's never too late. Um, he went from knowing about God to truly knowing and being in relationship with mm. God as he was going through those struggles. Mm. And it was interesting and amazing because he probably started into that battle as one of the most worried, anxious people you'd ever meet mm. to a, a, a person a follower of the Lord, a servant of Jesus, mm. who, as he was on his deathbed, so to speak, we we had my wife and I had the privilege of staying with them in their home in their home while he was on hospice mm. the last few weeks. He had such a peace about mm. him, and he wouldn't mince any words. 
the first week that he went on hospice, he called each of his children and then uh, children-in-laws in the room, and he had a variety of Bibles. I don't know if at one point he thought the more he had, <laughs> the more holy he could become. It's kind of a joke, but right, right. the cool thing was he had one to give to each of us, That's and he great. had a big family. My wife has a big family. That's great. And so he gave me this Catholic men's Bible, which I love looking at mm. frequently, and it's coincidental that Father Larry's an Eriite. Yeah. But um, nonetheless, um, Sal, my father-in-law, approached his last days mm. in this life with such peace, mm. and he just kept calling out to the Holy Spirit. Like mm. I know the Holy Spirit's within me. Mm. I know Jesus is ready to welcome me. Mm -hmm. I, I've tried to be a faithful servant. He received yeah. um, the anointing of the sick, you mm. know. And when Father came in, we were there for that day when Father, um, oh gosh, his name escapes me, but, but their local pastor mm. came and, and, and gave anointing of the sick. Right. Um, there was just such peace about him. Yeah. And you think, and he, he was only, um, gosh, I think he was going to be 72 the year mm. he passed away. So he wasn't old, old. Right. So you would think someone kind of like on the cusp of like leaving this life and not being sure what's next would be frightening. Yeah. I think for sure he lived in a way, his mm. faith, his, his strong Catholic yeah. faith, let him know what was next. Yeah. He had, and he even said to his children, to, to my wife, yeah. to her brothers, to her sisters, I'm not afraid. Yeah. I know what's next. Yeah. He's waiting for me. And so like that for me to be a part of that. Yeah. Because like we were literally in the trenches with that family. Yeah. But almost none of the time that we were helping physically care for him. Yeah. We were watching them administer medication, yeah. helping him struggle through the basic life functions right. towards the end. There was a peace. Yeah. And, and even Victoria and her si my wife and her siblings say the same thing. There was this unexplainable, undescribable mm. peace. Yeah. And that peace was like God's hand yeah. on Sal's soul yeah. and his faith. Yeah. And so that really, it, it hit home for me too. Yeah. It was... We shouldn't need proof of the goodness of our God yeah. and, and why and how we should faithfully and almost mm. like, um, uh, well, not almost, unconditionally serve him. Yeah. Serve his will, trust his sure. will. But that is like an example of like, yeah. it just struck me. It's like, this is the real stuff, yeah. man. Like, it's, it's not just yeah. a storybook. Yeah. Like, this is life. Yeah. And, you know, one thing, as you've shared, Mike, there's, I wanted to almost back up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And talk about, so you went to a worship service at a non-denominational church, and that was a catalyst for you to go deeper in your faith. And get hungrier. Yeah. And in the last podcast that um, I recorded yesterday, so you saw it last week, you haven't even heard about yeah. it yet, necessarily. We but, didn't plan this, folks. No, <laughs> but, um, but, but someone from outside the faith helped Dave in his journey. And in a sense, someone from outside the Catholic faith helped you in your journey yeah. and i want to highlight the fact that we love everyone and here's the the scripture that keeps going through my mind as you were talking all things work together for the good for those who love god Amen. god's at yeah. work in all of his people and i don't have like and i want to make this clear because i don't know if people know this i love all people i want what's best for everyone i don't have anything against a non-catholic I love Jesus and my faith so much. I simply want everyone to have what I have. And so that's why I share what I share and say what I do. But I want to highlight the value and that the Holy Spirit is at work through non-Catholics to mm -hmm. even help someone like yourself, a yeah. Catholic, grow in your faith. So I just want to make that clear. Like, I, you know, everyone is special to God. And yeah. All things work together for the for good the for those, those who love who God. Love yeah. And God can work through all of his children, even if it's a non-Catholic. And so I want to highlight the fact that your faith and your desire for Scripture was deepened yeah, by someone who was not Catholic. And that's a blessing. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And, um, Very grateful for that. And if ever the Lord gave a chance for us to witness to someone like that, we will like uh, those of you who watch me. I witness to like especially John six fifty one through fifty eight, which which is where Jesus clearly tells us we must eat his flesh and drink his blood, and that we will have eternal life because of it. And it's very clear. And I want everyone to have that. And so that's why I share the things I do, and you know that someone maybe not necessarily that pastor who helped you, but yeah. someone like him might be listening, and maybe the Holy Spirit touches that person because we're all on a journey. We're all trying to help each other. And maybe that will help that person come closer to that fullness. Yep. 
and have the opportunity to receive Almighty God Himself. So, uh, I just wanted to interject that, Mike, because yeah. I, it was something I was thinking about while you were sharing that all these things, even your father-in-law, the Holy Spirit's hand, the Lord's hand was on his life. And he, through that, was inspiring you. Yeah. It sounded like it was inspiring you anyway. Absolutely. And he's with the Lord. Yeah. And the Lord was showing his love for him. And you were seeing that firsthand. You were feeling that firsthand. And that's a witness to us. It inspires us to want to live with God and for God. And in those last days, we pray that we will have that kind of right peace. On. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, that's so, what kept going through my, my yeah. mind and being in my heart with Sal was like, I, I want that. Yeah. I want what he has. He's he's courageous, but he's strong thanks to the Lord and he's strong thanks to the hope of the promises of heaven. Yeah. Yeah. And And first of all, thank you for sharing that. And I want to encourage everyone out there to share your faith because... There are people who want what you have. Yep. And the more you share with them, the more they will be inspired and that it will help them in their faith journey. And your father-in-law shared the word with you yep. in a way that's lasting by giving you this Bible as a is essentially this is my going away present to you Absolutely. that you're going to keep diving into. Yep. And I'm sure that you think of him when you open this Bible and that Absolutely. inspiration continues. So anyhow, I just um, wanted to, to share that. And Mike, I want to ask too if there's any last things you want to say before we transition into the outdoors portion. Yeah. yeah. Was there anything that's still on your mind that you're like, oh, I just there's one other thing I want to get in here on the, the faith part. Yeah, that that would be, and we'll get into it more in the outdoors portion because this gentleman I'm going to mention uh, played a role in both of those areas of my life. Okay. So he's he was very much a, a, a spiritual mentor of mine. He taught faith formation at our parish, uh, okay. All Saints Parish in Waterford. Um, he, he's with the Lord now also. His name's Emil. Hmm. And uh, Emil was a really interesting guy that as we became new parishioners at All Saints, it was like 10 or 12 years ago, mm -hmm. um, he he sat down randomly at the table with us during one of the Friday Lenten fish dinners. and Randomly? Randomly. It's called the Holy, random Holy sorry, Spirit. Sorry, the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit brought Emil, him. <laughs> yeah. um, at our table. And um, actually, it was probably it was probably less than, because our daughter's nine, so our daughter was probably two. So it was probably more like seven years ago, mm -hmm. regardless of the time frame. Our daughter was little. We were going to the Lenten fish fries. Yeah. And Emil, thanks to the, uh, Holy, the Holy Spirit intervention, <laughs> intervention mm -hmm. and inspiration, sat down and asked if he could eat yeah. with us. Yeah. And um, man, he was such an awesome guy. Hmm. Uh, at the time, he was probably just in his late 70s, early 80s when we first met him. Um, he was a faith formation teacher for the high school kids. So lo and behold, he ended up teaching our sons okay. uh, through faith formation. Um, just a guy whose life had been full of miracles, mm. like actual miracles that he he experienced. Mm. Um, he ministered to people who were um, uh, drug and alcohol addicted mm. at various uh, recovery houses and things like that. Mm. And he had such an energy about him. He was a pilot, like he was a pri he had his private pilot license. He was like an outdoorsman that was as hardcore as they come. I yeah. mean, probably getting close to where you're at with <laughs> your pursuits. And, but just so generous. Yeah. But the one thing he was always sure to share and, and, mm. and spend time on was the Lord mm. and to share scripture. He was, in my opinion, someone who had the, the greatest depth of knowledge mm. of, of, the, of God's word mm. from his memory. Mm. Like, and, and he would say, open your Bible to this. And, yeah. and as I'm opening it, he'll, he'll quote the scripture. Right. Like as he would be teaching yeah. the kids. And I'm like, oh my goodness, that's what, what happened. Uh, yeah. And so it's interesting because he passed the torch to me. So now I mm. teach faith formation at Thank All you. Saints Parish. It's a blessing. It's yeah. my it's my honor. Um, yeah. I teach fourth and fifth graders, yeah. and it's because of Emil. Yeah, because I met Emil. He was teaching going strong. Years had passed. He taught our sons. Mm. We stayed in touch because we go to the same parish. Um, he invited uh, my son Aiden and I out to deer hunt on his property. He had beautiful acreage not far from mm. where I live here, um, but he started to get ill. Mm. Um, he himself uh, yeah. succumbed to cancer. Yeah. As he was getting less and less able to, to teach, I'm the reason. Uh, he's the reason why I teach faith formation right. now. He actually started asking me to sub in for him again, mm. Holy Spirit, yeah. right? Um, and he just kept saying, "Mike, I've got good feelings about you. God shows me all green lights, and with this, with what you're doing here and what mm. I'm teaching you, I'm seeing all green lights." Nice. That was his line. That's funny. And now here we are. Yeah. Many years later, I, I've I've lost track. He's he's passed away a few years ago mm. now. 
Um, I've been if teaching I, if ever I since. If I had known that was coming, I would have set up some green lights to flash while you were saying that. Yeah, green lights. All green, green lights, light. brother. I saw um, too. That's why, you know, yeah. I saw green lights in you back in the 1990s. Yeah. But keep going. Yeah, no, so it's just neat. So we can segue actually into the yeah. outdoors component yeah. because Emil was a huge part mentoring me in my faith giving me the confidence to yeah. help share the word of God and share our faith with others, especially young people. Yeah. Um, he would evangelize a person down in the town square if he bumped into him and they gave him the time of day. Yeah. I mean, I just, I just heard a story last night, literally of, uh, of a person who is, is literally kind of like in their last days of, um, life here on earth. Yeah. Um, there's a good uh, friend of ours who used to belong to our parish who is ministering to him and helping him through as kind of like a companionship, mm -hmm. comfort, care thing. Yeah. And she said, you wouldn't believe it, but this man came to Jesus because of our friend Emil. And I said, uh, are you kidding me? Uh, and she said, the man who's passing, the man who's going to soon pass yeah. away was in, in the fuel business. Mm -hmm. And he was delivering propane to Emil's home one time. Mm. Emil was there to greet him, to get him all set up to pay him. And he started preaching the gospel to the guy. And it wasn't immediate, but that man stayed in touch with Emil. And every time he brought the delivery, yeah. they spent time together. They had fellowship together. He shared God's word with mm -hmm. them. And here we are, fast forward years and years you know, later, this gentleman knows mm -hmm. the promise of heaven. He knows of Christ and how he saved us. Right. He's devoted his life to God. Hmm. That would have never happened if it wasn't for Emil sharing his right. faith with someone. So we need to we need to share anytime we can. Exactly. And um, one of the biggest reasons people don't is because they don't feel like they know their faith. Yeah. And, you know, people, if you're living your faith, people will challenge you. And it was kind of brought up in the last uh, podcast a little bit. Uh that's good. Welcome the challenge because that is an opportunity for you to go deeper and understand your faith more. Go research what the answer is to what people are telling you. Don't just say, don't just not say anything or don't shy away. This is the you know, the work of the Holy Spirit working through the situation to say, hey, here's a part of your faith. It's time for you to, to know better. But then now you have it. And now you're even more prepared for when the propane guy comes yeah. and you could, you could just start, you could just, Hey, what'd you do this weekend? Uh, Oh, well, you know what? I went to mass and it was a really cool scripture that touched my heart. Do you mind if I share it with you? And that could be the beginning yeah. of someone's life change yeah. because you are willing to share. We can't be afraid. Fear is useless. What is needed is trust. So, yeah. um, now, so he was a component of, your outdoor journey as well. So what are some of the outdoor things that you wanted to kind of share with us yeah. today yeah. as we're transitioning into Yeah, that, so. so like, I don't want to sound too cheesy, but in keeping with the theme of like, it's never too late, yeah. um, I, I, I took you for a quick walk on my childhood property this yeah. afternoon. It's four acres, a little bit of woods. Um, my dad hunted when I was younger <clears throat> and I went and sat with him in the woods once or twice. I don't know if I was too antsy or what it was that caused me to not have an interest out of, in it at the time. Yeah. But then as our, our oldest son, Aiden, uh, went into middle school, we live in kind of a, we live in a suburban area here, but the middle school is in a more um, rural kind of area of our county. And so almost everybody at the middle school, it seemed, was into hunting and fishing and all that stuff. And um, I fished with our sons a little bit and whatnot um, with, with, you know, my, my dad and my grandpa and, and our sons, but um, never really did much with hunting. And so when Aiden was really confident, like that he wanted to hunt for the first time, I thought, well, like I could set him up with my dad, but my dad kind of casually hunts, you know, and, and Aiden seemed very energetic and wanted to get into it. So I'm like, he gave me, my dad gave me a good base understanding of it. He had some of the gear that he lent to us and it was very generous of him, mm -hmm. but I needed to learn more. And I'm like, there's something about this that I want to learn more. Mm -hmm. So I felt like even though it was kind of later in life and it was thanks to my son, I wanted to learn more about it to help set him up for success. Yeah. And I had a lot of studying to do. So the cool thing is, even though we knew each other many years prior, your calling and your passion for the outdoors and hunting actually contributed a lot to me mm. because I found your videos by accident, basically, mm. you know, Sean's Outdoor Adventures, as I was looking through YouTube and looking at various, um, you know, I guess, content creators on how to hunt properly, mm. uh, specifically deer. Like we really wanted to get into whitetail hunting. We yeah. really wanted to get into archery. And so I found your videos mm. one day. I think I reached out to you and I was like, Sean McVay, like yeah. from Penn State, yeah. the guy the guy who when he went into monastery for discernment, 
gifted me my first fly rod because yeah. you were didn't was it is there a proper word denouncing your your worldly yeah, possessions well, whatever. I, was, yeah, I, gave, I, I gave everything away folks <laughs> you know you don't have to give everything away i did give everything away but literally but if you live with a, a disposition of i i could give this everything away in service of the lord that's that's all but yes i did give everything away which yeah. was a unique experience and I picked Mike for the fly rod because yeah. you and I, we did go trout fishing a little bit together in as, college, while yeah. we were where You taught me how to fly fish. Yeah, and yeah. so I wanted you to have that. So yeah, that's cool. And I still have it. And cool. I'm gonna be completely honest and we're gonna look at this later. Do you know how to fix a fly rod? Because it got cracked. Oh, well, I'll take a look. It depends on where it's cracked. And, we'll and take it, a look it, at it, it. it. There's potential. But I have it. Nonetheless, um, Sean, uh, your videos were awesome. Mm. It gave me a lot of the knowledge that I needed mm. to help my son. I don't know if it messes up the filming, but if you don't mind grabbing that head really quick. I don't mind. Um, it was my son's, I think it was junior year in high school. Um, it was probably our second season hunting and he connected with this buck. Yeah, let's, give the, let's give the viewers yeah. a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, thing. obviously, not the giant trophy buck uh, that you might hey, see on, on the hey, wall. this is where people start, you know. This is this where is, it starts. This is where it starts, yeah. And my boy made a beautiful clean shot yeah. out of a tree. The deer dropped about 30 yards from where he hit it. Yeah. Dropped over dead. And it was actually, uh, <laughs> this is going to sound funny, but I think some of the viewers will hopefully benefit from it. I actually learned how to field dress and butcher deer, like actually cut and make meat of the deer from road kills that I had recovered. Nice. So I had, um, actually one was a road kill and one was one that was euthanized by a local police officer because it was mm. trapped in a fence and in bad shape. But so like leading up to my son harvesting this buck, I practiced, so to speak. Yeah. And people were like, you're crazy. Like, why are you eating roadkill? I'm like, because it's good meat. Yeah. Like, I could tell that it wasn't tainted. Right. It was fresh. It was cold outside. It was healthy. Yeah. I wanted to learn how to butcher a deer, so I watched a couple YouTube videos, got my first roadkill, turned it into some amazing venison. I yeah. love I love cooking wild foods. Yeah. I brought a, a, a cookbook just as a, I guess, like as a conversation yeah. piece. Our, our son, Aiden, um, gave this to me a, f a few Christmases ago nice. and it's basically filled like the the dust cover has various family memories of outdoor mm. experiences that we've shared as a family and then nice. the back cover has it as well but my point is like I wanted to go all in okay with with trying to teach my sons yeah. to hunt if they wanted to yeah and you know they, they've kind of stepped away from it temporarily because of college and stuff like that but it was just such a uh, um, I guess it was a once in a lifetime experience to be with my son yeah. when he harvested his first deer, to help be a part of him processing, you know, yeah. you know taking care of the meat. Um, but but it all comes back to like, you know, it, it's all of the Lord's creation. Like, yeah. and so we so we're sitting here recording right now in a camper. In a camper. Folks. In a camper. In a camper. Is this your first ever podcast recorded in a camper? This is my first podcast ever recorded in a camper. Sweet. Yep. Fist bump. And I was here for it. Yeah. I feel honored. You. you you facilitated it. You made it happen. I helped make it happen. Um, we, we've had, I mean, I could get into, like, you know, every hunt has a story. Yeah. And thankfully, even in like five or six short years of hunting, I've accumulated a bunch of stories hmm. uh, with my family, with my friends. Um, drawing back into Amel really quick, it's so funny. We had like two years that were unsuccessful deer hunting. Hmm. I came to know Amel at that Lenten fish dinner. I talked to him about hunting. He was an avid hunter his entire life mm. very successful <clears throat> and he said you know i'm gonna have to have you and your boys because he loved our sons too out, out to my farm mm. and now granted it was like it was like 15 acres he called it the farm it was mm. basically his house on a nice plot of land and he shared woods with his neighbor but it was beautiful like it was mm. it was like out of a storybook as yeah. far as like these big mature trees and he had strategic tree, tree stands yeah. ladder stands already mounted for prime spots yeah i felt like you, you know, like I won the lottery yeah. when he invited me um, to go out hunting that following fall. Um, so just again, it was no coincidence that he was so generous, yeah. you know, and that he wanted to teach and he wanted to help because that's our faith. Yeah. Like, you know, our God is love. Mm. Our God wants us to put others before ourselves. Yeah. And that was exactly like what Amel did. Now, granted, uh, Aiden, Aiden didn't harvest this deer on Amel's property, but we had some of our best deer activity on Amel's property and just never a, a shot at right. one. 
but it was just yet another example of the goodness yeah. of God. And and like, so I brought up the camper as a segue. I missed the segue. I'm bringing it back. We don't hunt as much now just because my son's got away from it. Our daughter's young and she's not really interested in it right now. She's more into fishing, which is cool. I yeah. can lean into that too. Yeah. Um, but the one thing we've always enjoyed from when my sons were little to even present day is camping. Yeah. And so <clears throat> what I would say is like, I know the, the focus of your passion is on, on deer hunting mostly. But what I would encourage people to do is like, even if you're not inclined to hunt, there is blessing mm. in um, spending time in the Lord's creation yeah. of connecting with the natural world that he's blessed us with. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like we, we just um, inevitably get comfortable in the creature comforts. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, well, yeah. case in point, yeah. I could uh, uh, camp in a tent but for practical reasons, because it helps my family to do it more, more conveniently, yeah. we have a camper, a right. blessing of a camper. Right. But we still, when we're camping, set it up. We have the comforts of home for sleep or bad weather. But we try to, to, to spend as much time outside as possible, mm. whether it be hiking or we yeah. like to go to this one place um, a few counties over where they have mm. a big reservoir. We take a canoe with us. We go fishing. Yeah. You keep going. I'm just yeah. going to pick this Bible up for a second. Yeah. Talking. All good. Um, <clears throat> So I think it's important for any of us as believers mm. to show gratitude mm. for creation. Yeah. And yeah. so the reason why I was reaching for your Bibles, because I wanted to use it as an example for, because as I listen to you, the Catechism of the Catholic Church talks about ways to know God. And through nature is one of the, it's one of the fundamental ways. God communicated himself to us first through creation. Yes. Before there was anything written now, Jesus came and gave us the fullness of the word, which is summarized essentially, and the bulwark of it is here. Yep. Okay, so the most perfect way to come to know God is through his sacred word and yes. the, the understanding of it through the tradition capital T of the church. Yep. Uh, but we should not forget or neglect nature in a sense because it is... Those of us who spend time outside, we know there is something different about just being in nature and sitting in nature for a day as opposed to sitting in a man-built building yeah. for a day. In front you, of a screen. You feel, yeah. your soul will feel different. And because there's something about what God has made that that soothes our inner self. So I just wanted to chime in with that. More. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And, and you know, whether it's fishing or hiking, sitting, hiking or, walking. or sitting in a tree stand yeah. or sitting around a campfire yeah. outside and getting warmed mm -hmm. by the element that the Lord mm -hmm. gave us, not yeah. by a furnace. Yeah. There's a peace. Yeah. There's a peace and there is a simplicity Yeah. and there's a blessing in it, you know? And so like, that's why <clears throat> it's funny. I, I consciously, stopped hunting two years ago mm -hmm. because um, I just knew to do it correctly mm. to try and ensure success I had to devote more time to it and just right now with my daughter being young mm -hmm. with that not being an interest for her yeah. I was finding it harder and harder to justify taking the time away to do that and I felt like then I wasn't doing it right I wasn't mm. putting in the time I wasn't putting in the effort I wanted to go all in on it mm. if I was going to do it at all so I consciously took a break and I was like really nervous that first year. I was like, I'm going to regret this. Mm. I'm going to resent this. And the reality, like, and I prayed about it because I wanted to be more present, you know, and I wanted to, um, you know, just have the confidence, like I could find other ways to appreciate creation mm. and, and true to form, God always delivers. Mm. He enhanced the amount of times we could, we could camp together. Mm. He enhanced her interest in just walking around outside mm. or being in the woods or exploring. Um, we, we touched on this when we were walking my parents' property. One thing we've done the last three years now, and mm -hmm. I'm glad we did, yeah. is enjoying God's creation through tapping maple trees yeah. and making our own maple syrup. You know, and it's funny because like you look at it in the store and you enjoy it on your breakfast on your pancakes or waffles or whatever, and you're like, this must be like magic that this happens. There's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. It, yeah. It's a lot of work, but it's become such a cool right. tradition. Yeah. Where like as the snow, like so winter wet winter in Erie. So Erie winters are rough. Yeah. Like I don't know if you've heard any of the lore of um, lake effect snowstorms oh. and 
four or hey, five I, feet at a time. I grew up in Pennsylvania. Yeah, man. so you so know yeah. snow. Yeah. You know snow, but we get these freak snows yeah. where it's like, and then we have the gray, you know, like yeah. the gray skies for months. Yeah. So the coolest thing in the last three years has been like, okay, so not only is spring coming, but like spring coming means the syrup starts, or the sap starts the running, yeah. which means we tap the trees, which means we collect it and yeah. we boil it and we have delicious, you syrup. know, maple sugar yeah. for our breakfast. That's awesome. So, God just, um, he blesses us abundantly in so many ways, yeah. like in the great and the small ways. Yeah. And, and it's just like, I'm so grateful and appreciative. And I want to, yeah. uh, you know, something that was really a theme too, I just did the map reading challenge with oh, a couple yeah. of the guys. And um, it, we have learned over the years that, and I'm going to quote Andrew Penzi's dad, because Andrew Penzi quoted to me, it's the people that make the party. So, being focused on the people yeah. and nature and those experiences more so than on getting the big the buck or whatever, yeah. that's where we find fulfillment and joy. And I just say that because it's really important for some if if they're even still listening because these are these are long podcasts, you know. <laughs> um, but people who are hunters, they need to hear that the most because it's so easy to fixate on the the trophy yeah which is a static thing that goes away when you die but the relationships we have yeah. do not go away now in heaven let's fast forward and let's just say that you and i are in heaven we will worship god together and we are not um we are not on blinders like we don't have a zero awareness of the people in fact we have full awareness of yeah. the people and we are fully united with the people you and i will be fully brothers more so than we are now in heaven. Yeah. Okay. And so we take that relationship with us. We don't take the antlers with us. And so it's really important for us as outdoors people, our outdoors men, outdoors women, to keep the focus. Yeah. It's on the people and the experience and not so much on what you get to take home. The end result. You know, like yeah. what's going to be hanging on the wall. The and, horns, yeah. the meat in the freezer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the meat's yeah. important. It's, it's really it, good. It, it, and yeah. it's dangerous. But, um, but it's important for us, a, a lot of us outdoorsmen, to really remember that, okay, if I focus on our relationships and if I enjoy what I'm experiencing the whole time and not just if I get something, right. that's where that peace and yep. that, that's where our, you know, we are a better person is yeah. really what it comes down to. So I just, yeah, I'm sorry, I want to interject. That. No, that's a perfect, that's a perfect point to make here is like, and, and that can relate to like being present in the moment mm -hmm. of an outdoor experience. Yeah. It can be, it can relate also to like your pro I found personally, I'm more at peace when I ask for the grace to be present in the moment mm -hmm. of every interaction. Cause like, you know, it feels really unsettling to be distracted, whether you're like distracted by your phone buzzing on your pocket yeah. or by the, the television that's on or by two or three kids talking at. So I, I just always like, whether it's in an outdoor experience mm -hmm. or like coming home from work and wanting to reconnect with my family yeah. at the end of a, a long work and school day, yeah. just praying for that, that grace to be present, yeah. you know, just yeah. to, to fully appreciate, fully take in you know, the I'm going to check our time. See yeah, how yeah. we're doing. Okay, we still got a few minutes. So, yeah. But let's let's we. This has been a, a great conversation, and I just want to pause for a minute and think: Was there any other things outdoor related that you had thought of? I'd like to share this with uh with the viewers or listeners um, as we're getting closer to the end of our, our time. Is there anything we want to pull out now before we forget? I mean, can you think of as uh, as you kind of rifle through in your mind? Was there anything else you really wanted to through? Rifle, hey, <laughs> that's right. I did that, and you recognized it, but I didn't realize I was doing it until after you said it's it. Clever. Yeah. Anyhow, is there anything that you wanted to bring forward um, in in the outdoors that you haven't already? Yeah, you know, um, I, I think you you touched on it as far as like being an outdoors person mm. whatever your your desired outcome is whether it's just to enjoy nature mm. or to try and harvest an animal or catch fish or whatever it, it's appreciate every moment of it mm. don't put um crushing expectations on yourself yeah. because that does ruin the moment mm -hmm. uh, in my opinion like yeah. um and i think it's interesting because i've just had so many amazing experiences with mm. people i've had way more fun way more enjoyable times in the outdoors with others than yeah. I did by myself. That's not to say you can't have great moments of solitude. Yeah. Um, you know, just an example of that, kind of out of necessity, and it's a long story I won't get into. I, I, uh, I purchased an e-bike this uh, mm -hmm. late summer 
because we were having some car issues. So yeah. I decided I'm going to ride my bike more because I, I rode a traditional hybrid bike, uh, not an e-bike before that. But it wasn't practical to get like the 11 or so miles to work that right. I have to in a timely fashion. So I got an e-bike and that was like out of necessity. But then the more I rode, the more aware you have to be because mm. there's some busy roads and you want to be safe. But then I have some really pretty like rural roads that I ride across mm. on my way to work from home. And those also became just these deep moments of meditation mm. and gratitude and prayer. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like I find like I, I'm just more focused on everything and and just really grateful. You, you know, it's going to sound hokey, but I, I find that I have less stress mm. um, the more grateful I can try and be. And then in those moments of mindfulness of like, I'm grateful that my body works to where mm. I can pedal a bike to work. Mm. I'm grateful that I stayed safe on this bike ride between my mm. home and my office. Yeah. Those moments of gratitude, like, um, you know, I just, they're the core principles of like what Jesus taught us yeah. was like selflessness, gratitude, mm -hmm. giving glory and praise to he yeah. who provides us with that. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't do anything for myself. Mm. The Lord provides for me. Mm. And, and I feel like back to the outdoors, the more you strip away the stuff mm. and the more you just get in like the presence of the natural world mm. that, that God gave us the more those moments of gratitude can mm -hmm. kind of pour into us. Yeah. And then that gratitude to me, at least for me personally, I hope other people out there feel the same way. It refreshes your spirit. Yeah. It really does. I mean, it shifts your attention off of the negative. It yeah. shifts your attention off of what you were worried about or what mm -hmm. you don't have. Yeah. And it draws you back to a place of like, I am loved. Mm -hmm. I am cared for. Yeah. God has given me everything I need. Right. So. And, you know, taking that and also bringing in that other component we were talking about, you know, I want to interject something from from this trip, like seeing classmates that Old I graduated friends, with yeah. 30 years ago, seeing you for the first time in 26 years. I and being a more mature person now, yeah. I have had a great appreciation for the people, like people that I took for granted or overlooked in high school. I look at that person now and I'm like, you were a blessing to me that God put in my life that I didn't recognize at that time. And I'm mm -hmm. grateful that you were there. I'm glad that you're still standing here and talking to yeah. me after all this time, maybe when I didn't treat you with respect back then, you know, or whatever the case is. But the point is the people that God brings in our life are blessings and not just the outdoors, which is, but also the people. And there's, we are just surrounded by blessings. Yes. And, and yeah. I, I didn't always take the time to acknowledge that. And so I want to share that. That's been a theme that's been just popping up again and again for throughout this trip for me. And I'm so grateful for that. I've always appreciated you. And um, you, you're an easy person to appreciate. <laughs> Thanks, um, buddy. But yeah. I didn't always appreciate every pe every one of the people that were in my life. Yep. And, uh, and I'm learning what a mistake that was. Yeah. And I'm grateful that I'm absorbing that now. And I, sh I share that in conjunction with when you were just sharing about being in the moment and enjoying that experience out there carry that through into your relationships, relationships. as well yeah and absolutely. man what we're talking about is really fulfilling and and a peaceful path because god's there and you are you're there present with god creation and others and it's just awesome so it is yeah Oh, yeah, you heard that here on the Faith in the Outdoors podcast. That's right. Well, um, and I couldn't help myself what you just brought up. Yeah. I heard a twinge, just a twinge of regret. Mm -hmm. yep. Sean, it's never too late. It's never. You realize. It is never You too realize late. the blessing of all those that's people. Right. Folks, that's the, the underlying theme. It's never too late. It's never too late to grow in your faith. Yeah. It's never too late to make good in that relationship that maybe you were... Maybe you were a jerk back then, yeah. you know, and maybe it's time to come back around and say, hey, you know what? I didn't appreciate you the way I should have. And I, I said that to a number, especially some of the girls in my class. I said, I did not appreciate you, which is true. I didn't. I just overlooked people. Yep. And that's a shame. But I every one of those people brings something to my life as well and makes me a better person. So anyhow, it's never too late to recognize these things and, and bring them into uh, practice in your life. Amen, so, brother. This has been a very enjoyable uh, podcast, and I'm very excited to get to 
be reunited with you after yeah, all this man. time in person. We've been emailing all this time, but yeah. um, thank you for sharing everything that you did. I think it was really helpful for me to listen to myself. So I hope so, brother. Absolutely. Yeah. So thank you for that. I hope you out there enjoyed this one. And um, I, you know what? I don't know what the next one's going to be. I don't have anything lined up just yet. So we'll see what the Holy Spirit brings. But I should, I could interject like, in you know, when I listen to you talk about you'll be putting down hunting for a couple years. Yeah. Hey, you know what, folks? This may surprise some of you, but I have thought about those same things. I have a family of four children. I find myself away on these hunting trips, and it hurts my heart a little bit. I feel like m my fatherhood wants to be home more with those children. And so, is it time to pull back on the hunting? Is it time to pull back on the video production for the vi YouTube channel? Is it time to just relax and be more with the family because it is a lot of work to do mm -hmm. all the videos and it is a lot to be out there by myself by myself is not always fun you mm -hmm. know and um i don't always have people to hunt with and things like that so yo i will ask i don't like to ask for people's prayers because i feel like there's so much more out there that needs prayer than just me but if anyone wants to pray for discernment for me of what's the direction the long-term scope and direction for the podcast or any of the videos on Sean's Outdoor Adventures and how much I even hunt. That's all, you know, I'm, I'm praying and questioning that right now, as we all probably do at one time or another. So um, whereas you're taking a little bit of break, hey, maybe I will too. We'll see. I'm sure there's a few people who are like, no, don't take a break. Because I, you know, I mentioned it to a couple of people and they're like, no, yeah. don't do it. Uh, but we'll see. So I do ask for just, just one, just if you just say one quick prayer to God, even if you don't pray, just say, hey, God, will you help Sean Discern. in that discernment yeah, yeah. to do your will? It's all about doing the Father's will, and I'm trying to discern that. Amen. So whatever the Father wants, that's what I want. But, you know, some at some point, maybe something has to give a little bit because of, uh, you know, what I feel called to do for as a family man. So yeah, I'll be praying for you, brother. I appreciate Always, that. Always, yeah. So thank you um, for all that you've shared, and thank you for being part of this, and thank you for watching. Until next time, say it with me. Take, Take care, care and, and God, God bless. bless.